0: good you are good in the sun or in sun or rain my life celebrates you are good i mm-hmm.
1: Help, but say God is good. When I look up on those hills in Grants Pass, anyone else like that? This morning I was looking at those. And I'm like, oh my goodness, God is good. This is beautiful. Uh, so I just want to remind you guys of a few things this morning. What? Oh, I forgot to say my name. I'm Kylie, by the way. Hi. Uh, I want to remind you guys that if you need a prayer this morning, we want to pray with you. Like, we really want to. So uh, check out those prayer signs in the back. That's where you can go, and there's someone will be there to pray with you. Um, I also uh, want to remind you guys about tithes and offerings. At the end of the service, you want to worship God through tithes and offerings, those will also be in the back of the end of the service. Let's praise God together.
0: I Som- Stay yeah. yeah. Stepping in end in here, we will see the promise land. be healing. Being gracious to you, the Lord, turn his face toward. children, their children, their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, you're coming and you're going and you're weeping. Your joy, is for you, 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 is for you.
1: Back into that song one more time and while we do that i would ask uh we're going to take communion together after that and so i'd ask you if you would uh come grab your elements either at the front or the back uh before the end of this next song
0: let's just uh sing that chorus again if you're feeling called to lift your hands up to the lord then that's what i wanted you to do okay i want to make this as powerful as possible say amen to the lord Inside you, all around you, and within you, He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for
1: guys all had a chance to grab your communion elements. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, when I was preparing for, uh, to lead us in communion, I was a little nervous. Uh, and I think some of that nervousness came from uh, the seriousness of taking communion. Um, and if you don't know uh, why this is so serious, I want to tell you that uh, the reason we take communion uh, is to remember what Jesus did for us. The reason we take communion is to remember the body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. And the sacrifice he made so that we could be free. I don't know about you guys, but it is so easy for me to forget the seriousness of what Jesus did. Sure, maybe in a service when we're taking communion, I can remember, but in the day to day, it is so difficult to remember. And I felt like uh, this week, as I was preparing and thinking about this, uh, I felt like God reminded me of when I first understood the the impactfulness, the magnitude of God's love and what he really did for me. I remember being 17 years old, sitting on my bedroom floor, crying my eyes out, recognizing that Jesus had saved me. And so my challenge for you guys, whether this is the first time you're recognizing this or you've been a believer for 50 years or more, my challenge for you is that can you bring yourself back to that moment right now? Maybe if you need to close your eyes to go back do that, but can you go back to that moment when you remembered, when you recognized that Jesus died for you, that this really meant something, that his body broke for you and that his blood was shed for you, Can you go back to that moment? And here's my challenge for you. As we take communion together, can you remember that? Can you remember that moment? Can you go back there? And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Let's take the juice together. You guys lift your hands with me Lord I just thank you God I ask right now God that you would gotta express to us this deep love that you have for us God that you'd help us understand the magnitude of what you did on the cross God I recognize our humanness our forgetfulness and God, I just ask that you would look past that, God, and that you would really show us, God, what it meant for you to die on the cross. And God, if there's someone in this room who's never recognized that, and God, in this moment that they're, they're recognizing that you are Lord, God, I just ask that you would be with them in that moment. God, would you help them remember that moment forever? And God, those in the room who did that a really long time ago, God, would you bring them back to that? God, this week, would you remind them of that? God, would you remind them of what you did on the cross? God, we're just so thankful for that. Holy Spirit, would you empower us to tell others about what you did on the cross? Would you give us boldness to do that? Would you give us boldness to live out what communion really means? What that remembrance really means? God, you were so good. We just thank you for everything, God, everything you've done for us. In your name, everybody said, amen. Thank you guys for taking communion with us this morning. You guys can go ahead and be seated. So there's an awesome announcement video that tells you all about this stuff and lots of other things. So check it out.
2: Good morning, Parkway family. I am Carissa, and I am so excited to see you joining us this morning. Whether you're here in person or online, welcome. We would love to get connected with you. You can get connected by using our Connect Card. It's available digitally at parkwaycc.com slash connect card. If you're here in person, you'll find a connect card in one of the pews in front of you. Use this connect card to give us your information or update information you've already given us, or use this connect card to get more information about Parkway or a particular ministry that you're interested in. You can also use these connect cards to submit your prayer requests. We would be honored to pray for you and over you and to celebrate any praise reports you may have. If you came to service prepared to give for your tithes and offerings, you can do that two ways. You can do that online at parkwaycc.com give, or you can give it to one of the ushers at the end of service. They'll be standing by the doors on your way out. Hi, my name is Gabe. And hi, I'm Carissa and welcome
3: to the Battle of the Cribs.
2: We are supporting the Pregnancy Care Center of Grants Pass Oregon with our Battle of the Cribs Challenge. We are challenging you, people of Parkway, to go head-to-head to to see who can bring in the most donations, filling up these cribs. We've divided you into two teams.
4: Team 9AM in-person and online service is over here.
2: And 11AM service is over here.
4: (laughs) I want you to access a shopping list and a link the Amazon Baby Registry at parkwaycc.com slash crib.
2: You can also find our baby registry on Amazon by searching for Parkway Christian Center. You can ship them to your address and drop them off in the crib of your team when you arrive at service, or if you're unable to drop off your donation in person, you may select the option to have them shipped directly to Parkway.
4: If you are a part of youth group, we are raising money to buy mattresses for these cribs because I doubt you want to lay on that. Bring your money to Wednesday nights start gathering your supplies today.
2: You have until Mother's Day on May 9th to drop off all of your donations.
4: May the odds be ever in your favor. Yes. Yay, that was awesome. That was good. Yay, I finally did something right.
5: <laughs> if you have not, um been able to donate yet, and you're not quite sure what to do, obviously you can go online. We also have some cards here, so you could grab some of those, and uh, this is just a huge blessing to uh, moms and families, actually, you know, the kids and dads as well uh, in our community. So uh, thank you for your generous gifts. We've got, these things are full. Um, If we were going by volume, you guys got some catching up to do. No, but thank you so much. This has been great. We have a full service, so um, we have uh, some special guests with us, and I'm excited to invite uh, Carol and Bill uh, Paris. They have been serving for 35 years now in Japan. And uh, just thank you guys for your uh, being here and for the the time that you have invested uh, in sharing the gospel and uh, loving people around the world. So we have a little introduction video and then they'll share some of their story.
3: This is the sound of silence. In Japan, there exists a culture of silence, often dismissed as a positive aspect of our culture. It chokes, chokes up the voice of truth. It lies, telling you that people you pass on the street don't want to hear about jesus it's contagious like a virus it spreads threatening to destroy us from the inside out someone once said that japan is a swamp and that christianity will never take root here but god can do the impossible if someone will break the silence Who will carry the message? Help us break the silence in Japan. Listen. It's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our
4: to be here with you today. We appreciate you. You are an important part of our ministry and your encouragement and your prayers and your support. So when someone in Japan responds to Jesus, you are part of that. Amen. And you will see your reward in heaven. Hmm. Now, Silence may not be what you think of when you think of Japan. A country of 123 million people in a space the size of the state of California. How could that be silent? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three million people go through one train station every day. A little bit more than grants pass, right? (laughs) But it's a silence of the spirit. In Japan, it's very important what group you belong to. And the needs of the group, the wishes of the group are what are expressed. But individual needs, not so much. It is embarrassing to the rest of the group if you have a need. Uh, one time we were at a Christmas party. At, uh, it was being held in a small church, which was in a house, so space was, was limited. <laughs> and a group of three ladies were the singers for the evening but Christmas decorations were up, so they were backed up against the pulpit, which had candles in front of it. As they were singing, we noticed smoke going up. And my son, who leaned over and said, Mom, she's on fire. (laughs) So no one was doing anything, because it's too embarrassing. But my husband... (laughs) Stood up, walked to the We were guest speakers. We didn't belong there. We stood up, walked to the front, <laughs> turned the lady around, and patted out her sweater. <laughs> and then sat back down, and everything continued without a hitch. <laughs> Afterwards, her husband apologized for the scene that his wife had made by burning up. You know? <laughs> But that gives you an idea of the mentality, you know, and don't express your need. But, you know, God made us with a need as individuals, and Jesus died for us as individuals. When we receive him as our Savior, we tell him as an individual, I'm sorry for my sins, and I, I want to accept you and the sacrifice that you made for me. So that's what the Japanese need to know. They need to know that it's okay to tell God, I need you, and that God loves each one of them very much. Now, Japan's only uh, 1% Christian, and the next time I come, I'd love to be able to tell you that Japan is now 10%, or 25%, or, anybody go for more? Uh, 100% Christian. So thank you for your continued support and prayers.
6: Thanks, Hen. i I'd forgotten about that story. <laughs> Putting out the fire on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, so special to be here again with you, fam- with the family at Grants Pass. The word the Lord just gave me this morning was, I am that I am in you. The overcoming God, the unchanging God is in each of you in the midst of these dark times that we are going through. You know, this COVID darkness that has covered the earth. Creation is saying something very strongly to the church. Because what happens then on a dark night when you go out here and away from the lights of your city and there's no moon up? Their stars are certainly out, bright. We are those lights that shine. And the voice the Lord is saying to us, arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness to people. But the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. That's us shining. When this COVID hit Tokyo, my wife and I realized we had fear. And I'm a man of peace. Uh, I, was, I said, Lord, why am I in, in a panic here? And he showed me I had changed my focus from him to fear. Fear is not the author of my faith. I repented. And he gave me these words. He says, it's over. <sighs> Immediately all my fear left. It's over in him. In him, I, he's, I'm more than an overcomer. In him, I am locked in him, not locked in COVID fear. The world is pursuing that fear like crazy. But the church does not need to pursue it. We've got the answer. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the prince of peace living in us. Amen. Well, another testimony that has happened during this time is that years ago in our house, and I was out mowing the grass, we live on the outskirts of Tokyo, and the Lord said to me, cut down on those six uh, pine trees that are up against your neighbor's house. I said, um, okay. And he said they'd get saved. I said, okay, so I go to the home center and buy a chainsaw, and tie a rope to each of the trees, and I have my wife pull them towards herself as we, as I notch the trees. Very brave wife. And okay, so every, all the trees are falling nicely towards her. They did not hit her except the last tree as I'm cutting it. <clears throat> By this time, the street is full of my Japanese neighbors wondering, what is this foreigner doing? What a professional would, they would hire a professional to do. And uh, as I cut the last one, I hear the cry in the street because I looked up, my tree is falling towards, not my house, but my car. And and I heard this thump, and I ran around and looked, and the, the branch was just barely hitting the windshield. but. Uh, the good thing was the neighbor come out of her house and she says, my house is full of light. The walls had come down between us and my neighbor. Uh, and they begin, her husband began to drive me around to Tokyo, showing me the sights, and the men talking to me about God and things like that. And, but he'd made no commitment during that time. But years went by, he retired. And was out playing golf and doing all the fun stuff. And, and one day he found himself in the hospital on IVs, could not eat or drink for months he was there. Then all of a sudden, just before COVID, they moved him into his house in a hospital bed on, on the IVs in his home. And uh, I had favor. So I walk on in, talk to him. Built relationship, and one night I said, you ready to receive Christ tonight? He said, yes. He prayed with me. And the next day, the man who could not eat or drink, he's, his wife said, he's drinking tea. He's eating yogurt. And uh, two weeks went by, and I looked outside my window towards their house, and I saw a lot of people going in and out. I went over there, met the wife at the door, and she says, it was very interesting. My, I would just turned to make tea for my husband. we had just been joking. And I look, and he's gone. She said, he just went so peaceful. Two weeks, he missed hell, hell by two weeks. Hallelujah. And the one Japanese saved is so important. They come one by one. Amen. So, uh, we are continually learning things in this COVID time because one day, the, you know, I've been pastoring as head pastor at International Christian Assembly downtown Tokyo. We've pioneered a Japanese church for seven year, 11 years, but now we, we were pastoring this church. And uh, the, the Lord asked me to surrender being pastor. I didn't want to, but as I did, a, set, a wonderful peace came, and I knew we're in transition. And the Lord said to me, you know, when I called you, I not only said Tokyo, but I also showed you a vision. And this vision was happened in Portland in, in, before we went. I saw Japan as a very dark nation, but as I looked, I saw a revival fire break out over the whole land. And I knew in that moment that this land this whole this whole people is going to be saved, so now my new position is my my area director says, "Hey, we want you around Japan you're free. We gave up our house we're homeless now, really. We just moved out before we came here, gave everything away um to our kids who were living there. They took a lot of stuff, but Threw a lot of stuff away. Anyway, we're free to minister. In, now, we're going to be in southern Tokyo. I mean, southern Japan in Iwakuni when we go back for a whole... We'll be there for a year. Then we'll be, after that, a year up in northern Japan in Misawa for a year. So, we're going to be fire starters. Good kind of fire starters. Lighten the fire, okay? So, you pray with us. The word the Lord gave to me just... <laughs> concerning this revival that he's bringing he said to me i'm setting japan on fire for me it is time for this land to no longer be known as an unreached people group i'm pouring out my spirit on every man woman boy and girl and i'm raising up my church to be who i've called them to be a lighthouse of my glory so agree with us and it will surely come to pass amen amen
5: Well, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, if you haven't engaged with missions giving at a point in your life, uh, this is a great day to start. Um, whether it's five bucks or five hundred bucks, uh, that's not the point. The point is engage in what God is doing around the world. And it's amazing to be able to be a part of that and see the gospel go and then, you know, as you said, be able to be a part of the salvation of many. Um, So, Thank you, guys, for coming and for your many, many years of service. And we're just excited. Uh, Can you pray with me uh, for them? Lord Jesus, we just pray uh, for the Parises and the work that you have called them to. Uh, We just pray that you would open doors that nothing else could open except for the hand of God. We pray for your blessing upon them. And we pray also for the salvation of a generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys, again. Uh, We are talking about the kingdom of heaven. I have the honor of sharing the word with you this morning. And as I'm getting the flags and the waves, hey, junior hires, you guys get to head out. Hey, that's two weeks in a row. We've forgotten that. Uh, They're like, hey, we want to go. If you are online with us, thanks for joining. It is uh, great to be together. And so if you're online or in person, turn to Matthew 25. Um, We're talking about these kingdom parables They're stories that help us to understand what the, the nature of the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus is telling these stories. He's the king of the kingdom, and he's talking about what, how his kingdom operates. Before we get into the actual parable this morning, I do need three volunteers. Uh, first three people to come up here. Um, it, unless you were in first service, you have no idea what I'm about to do. Uh, But uh, if you were in first service, don't come up. But anyone, I need three volunteers, come on up. I need three. Who's brave? Here we got one, need two more. Two, one more, three, come on up. Come on up on stage here with me. Give them a hand, thank you for being a risk taker this morning. Now, Jesus has brought his disciples together, up on the Mount of Olives is where we're gonna pick up this story. They were in Jerusalem and they'd been asking some questions about uh, when the end of all things was going to come. And so Jesus has explained some of the very difficult things that are gonna take place. Um, He's explained uh, some of the signs of the end of it all. And then he launches into this parable. He says, "The, the kingdom of heaven is like Uh, a master, a Lord, who calls his servants and he gives them his uh, financial stuff for them to manage while he's away. And so, for our volunteers here this morning, uh, we're going to do something similar. So, uh, we're going to give each of you something. So, here we go. That's for you. That's 20. Here's 10 for you. And here's 50 for you. Now... This is a very small thing compared to what's about to happen in the parable, but this is just going to illustrate just a token of what Jesus' parable is like. The, the rules for this is you are supposed to take this money and go meet a need. That's it, okay? So God gave it to me. I'm giving it to you. You go meet a need, all right? Sound like a plan? All right, give him a hand. You guys can go sit, sit down. That's it. Go meet a need. That's it. So, looking at the parable. Matthew 25, verse 14. Yeah, Thank you. For those of you who couldn't see on camera, we had a donation to the Parises, to the people of Japan. May that vision be fulfilled. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. In this story, as I mentioned, Jesus is talking privately with his disciples But this idea of a talent, we can kind of get confused with. Because in English, we have a word talent. And it means like natural abilities, skills, things like that. In this time, talent is the largest monetary uh, qualifying term. Uh, So what would it amount to is be like a bag of silver, a bag of of gold, some bag of money. Um, Based on my research, it looks like equivalent, one talent would be about half a lifetime's wages. So let's do some quick math, right? So take your annual income. You know, get that in your head. Now, just, I'm not great at math, so let's say multiply, five is an easy multiplier, so let's say multiply that times 50, and then divide by two. We could multiply by 25, but that's harder to do in your head. <laughs> multiply by 50, divide by two. Now, that's one talent. The first servant is given Five talents, five, so two and a half lifetimes earnings. Now, I also need to take a little aside and make a correction of my sermon a couple of weeks ago. So, a few weeks ago, I was speaking on forgiveness, and this idea of a talent was included. Now, That servant was given 10,000 talents, and I inaccurately equated that to, say, a million dollars. Well, I did the math and realized that was a gross underestimate (laughs) of what the parable was really talking about. 10,000 talents, 5,000 lifetimes. That, that in that parable, the servant was forgiven a debt of 5,000 lifetimes. That's the forgiveness that you and I have received from God. So I want to make that correction from a few weeks ago. I apologize for not making a, an accurate uh, correlation. In this case, this master is entrusting in, in enormous wealth to these three servants, even the servant who's receiving just one talent, half a lifetime's worth of earnings. The money still belongs to the master, right? And naturally, we can expect that there will be some sort of accounting at the end of this journey. When the master returns, they're going to have to, to, to kind of share, here's the books, here's what I did. Here, you know, this is a lot of money that they're dealing in. It still belongs to the master. Each is given a certain amount. They'll have to give an account. And each servant is given an allotment to manage based on their ability. So the master knows each of his servants. Okay, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one. Now, what happens? The servants, as we pick up in verse 20, Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So, as these have received an allotment to manage, we see that faithfulness over a few things equals being entrusted with many things well done now notice there wasn't a difference between the five talents or the two talents the reply hey you gave me five here's your five plus here's all the increase now that one who had started with more was not praised greater they got the same response right than the one who had two well done you were a faithful servant with what i gave you 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 did well and enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into my joy. Man, I am, this is awesome. Hey, let's celebrate together. This takes me to John chapter 15. One of my favorite passages as of the last two years. It's become a new favorite. I have lots of favorites in the Bible, but this is my, my most favorite, favoritist of this year. John 15, 11 is where we'll start, but Jesus has been talking again in a parable term about faithfulness and fruitfulness. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you remain in me, and my word abides in you, then you'll bear fruit. You're like, stick with me, man. Like, be in me, and I'll be in you, and that's a natural byproduct of relationship with Jesus is fruitfulness. So you can't make fruit apart from me. You can't produce heavenly results apart from me. So stay connected to me and and the fruitfulness will come. So in verse 11, we pick it up. I have told you these things, Jesus is saying, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves or servants because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Notice this. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The answer to these first two servants. Matches what Jesus is saying about fruitfulness as a disciple, a follower of his. Enter into this joy. I've told you these things. I want you to experience my joy. So be with me and I'll be with you and we can rejoice together over the increase. So what did the third servant do? Going back to the parable, verse 24 of Matthew 25. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there's what's yours. But his the Lord answered, and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him, give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Got heavy pretty fast, didn't it? See, I think that that third servant missed the heart of his master. He was motivated by fear, wasn't he? He didn't want to fail. So he did nothing. But... But remember, this is half a lifetime's wages, as the story goes. So this is an enormous amount of money. We can't lose it. And here, I, I, I knew that you, you do business and you get profit from things you did. I didn't even know you were investing it. And, and so I was afraid of failing it. But here, I, I didn't lose any of it. I, it's all here. You could count it if you like. I have it all to give back. He can't enter into the joy of his Lord because he did not risk. Risk is at the heart of discipleship. To follow Jesus is to take a risk, isn't it? Jesus says something along these lines a few times, still in Matthew's account of his life. Matthew sixteen twenty four through 27, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will reward each according to his works. Now, we don't believe in earning salvation. You know, you don't, you're not saved by your works. But I do believe in salvation that works. If I'm going to be following Jesus, then I'm trying to do what he did. I would be emulating him so naturally the things that he did will produce fruit and there's results, there's work that he was doing. So if I'm going to follow him, of course, I'm going to be doing the same sorts of works that Jesus would be doing if he were me. I'm trying to follow in his footsteps. And so Jesus also said in Matthew 10, 39, he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So the point is this, be ready for Christ's return. He said he's coming back and he will. He's gone, as the parable says, he's gone on this journey and he will be returning and there's an accounting. And so what have you and I been entrusted with? In this interim time, as we're waiting for Jesus to come back, what are the things that He has said? Here, I want you to take this of mine and use it. It could be the financial piece that everything I have belongs to Him, right? So God has given us financial resources. Are we investing that in His work? What relationships do you have? There's certainly people that you know that I will never meet. I've put you in this place to have connection with this person on purpose. Here's somebody I love, I'm entrusting them to you. What are the skills that you have? What are the spiritual gifts that he's entrusted to you? All of this could be seen as assets of heaven. He says, Here, I want this to be managed by you. I can't wait to see what you do with it. So, this final servant missed the heart of his Lord. And I don't want us to miss the heart of our Lord. So what is it that he's calling us to? Readiness, in this case, I think, is actively living and reproducing the gospel. So we're gonna live like Jesus lived. And we're gonna be telling people about who he was and what he did and inviting them into a relationship with him. That's evangelism. Simply to tell about Jesus and invite people to make a decision and change the way they live. Begin to follow him. Christianity is not a religion that is concerned with not doing anything wrong. Many of us, that's how we treat it. There's a list of do's and don'ts. Mostly it's just a list of don'ts. Try not to don't the don'ts. Don't don't do the don'ts and... Do-do the do's. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do. That's not not true Christianity. It's not a religion. That's just do's and don'ts. It's a relationship. It's a following of Jesus. Right? So it's not about not doing anything wrong. It's following Jesus and actively trying to emulate him. Oh, what did he do? I should do that. Now these talents we've been given, as servants of Christ, we are given authority. We are entrusted to manage heavenly resources. It is based on our abilities. So he knows where you're at. So whatever he's entrusted to you, you don't have to worry that he's given you too much or too little. Here you go. Here's your allotment. Have a blast with it. So here's how we wrap this up. This, I believe, is a call for a radical transformation of life. It calls for us to be filled with and walk in the Spirit. To leverage these heavenly assets that we've been entrusted with. And expect a return. So if Rhonda would come up and uh, give us some uh, music to just reflect in this time. So I don't know where you're at, what God has entrusted to you. But I don't wanna miss out on the things that God wants to say. I don't wanna rush from this. Often I get to the end of a sermon, as I'm listening, I'm thinking, oh man, like I'm right, uh, I think God's starting to say something. And then we go get lunch. And so whether you're listening online or you're here in person, let's just create some space and time right now to consider, is there a specific thing that God wants to talk to me about? A specific relationship that he's given to me? Maybe it's the person who always pumps your gas because you always go to the same gas station and it seems like it's always the same person there. That's not accidental. They need to know about Jesus. They need to be encouraged. They need to be blessed. Maybe it's a family member that you've been entrusted with. Maybe there's something difficult going on right now. And it's hard. Like in the parable, it seems like the master's taking a long time coming back. Maybe you are battling fear. And because you're afraid of failing, you've done nothing. Or at least not done some of those things that you know that God was offering for you to do. So wherever you're at, if you could just close your eyes, will just that just blocks out the distractions of things going on around us. And let's pray together. Lord, show us what you've given us. Show us the things that you have intentionally ordained for our lives that you want to do something through us, that you want to see fruit in a particular area. You want us to experience your joy. So Lord, the resources we have, the relationship we have, the talents you've given us, Lord, show us in this moment the things that we should be investing and engaging in right now. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't make an invitation. There may be somebody who's listening now who hasn't begun this relationship with Jesus. And I think the invitation is for you to take a step risk take that first step in following him if that's you this morning and everybody's got their eyes closed like yes I that's me I need to start this following Jesus thing you're talking about if that's you if you'd raise your hand looking around the room thank you thank you both of you man no accident that God brought you here this morning if you're listening online, this could be you. Maybe you're listening live or maybe you know this was recorded a long time ago. Same message, you can begin relationship with Jesus right now. And you're starting relationship. This is not a religion thing. For those who've raised their hand and those who will make decisions to follow you, Lord, we pray that you would Fill them with your Holy Spirit because none of us can follow you well. (laughs) And so we need you to empower us that your Holy Spirit would be alive in us. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been taking risks. You've been stepping out and you're feeling beat up and you're wondering if it's doing any good. Lord, that you would encourage this morning maybe you are on that other side just realize yeah i've kind of stepped back and i'm not not really there right now and i want to get back i want to catch up <laughs> but what's interesting is jesus isn't ahead he's just right here beside us and all we have to do is turn and acknowledge him and say i'm sorry wander in my own way. If that's you and you just want to rededicate yourself to the Lord and say, yeah, I want to be in step with you. If that's you, you can just raise your hand as well and we'll pray together. Again, I'm looking around the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I see you. Several others. Man. Lord, I'm just so humbled to be a part of what you're doing in people's hearts and lives. And Lord, I too There are places in my life that I know that I hold back. Lord, we acknowledge our fears. And we ask that you would be our boldness. You would be the one who empowers us. You would be the transformation in us. And that we could be connected to you. So for all of us in the room we're listening now. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Thank you for being our Lord and our Savior, and we look forward to entering into your joy. Thanks for calling us friends, for showing us your heart, revealing your purposes, your plans. What an amazing So Lord, as we go out from here, that we will shine brightly like the stars in a dark place. The people could look on us and not see us and give glory to us, but they would see you in us and give glory to you. We pray that your visions, your purposes would come to pass. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Well, go, be a light in a dark place. You're dismissed.